May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture on this Christmas evening, Christmas Eve evening. And may the words from my mouth be what we need to hear. Well, Christmas Eve means different things to different people. A lot of it depends on your age. For the kids, is this a pretty exciting night, kids? Is this pretty exciting? Huh? Yeah. Are you going to have a hard time falling asleep? No. No? We got one out there that's not going to have a hard time falling asleep. The rest of you won't. That was you, wasn't it, Camry? Yeah, she's telling the truth, too. She doesn't ever have a hard time falling asleep. That's great. But you're going to be, it's going to be hard to go to sleep tonight because you're thinking about tomorrow morning, the big day. It's exciting. For parents, well, let's just say it means something else. One mother sent these requests to Santa. She said, Dear Santa, I've been a good mom all year. I've fed, clothed, and cuddled my two children on demand. I've visited the doctor's office more than the doctor has. I've sold 67 cases of candy bars to raise money to plant a tree in the school playground. And I figured out how to attach nine patches onto my daughter's Girl Scout sash with staples and a glue gun. I was hoping you could spread my list out over several Christmases since I had to write this letter with my son's red crayon on the back of a receipt in the laundry room in between cycles and who knows when I'll find any more free time in the next 16 or 18 years. Here are my Christmas wishes. I'd like a pair of legs that don't ache after a day of chasing the kids and arms that don't flap in the breeze but are strong enough to carry a screaming toddler out of the toy aisle in Target. I'd also like a waist, since I seem to have lost mine somewhere in the seventh month of my last pregnancy. If you're hauling big ticket items this year, I'd like a car. A car with fingerprint-resistant windows and a radio that only plays big people music. A television that doesn't broadcast any programs with talking animals, and a refrigerator with a secret compartment behind the crisper where I can hide to talk on the phone. <laughs> on the practical side, I could use a talking daughter doll that says, yes, mommy, that would boost my parental confidence, along with one potty-trained toddler and two kids who don't fight. I could also use a recording of Tibetan monks chanting, don't eat in the living room and take your hands off your brother because my voice seems to be just out of my children's hearing range and can only be heard by the dog. And please don't forget the Play-Doh travel pack, the hottest stocking stuffer this year for mothers of preschoolers. It comes in three fluorescent colors and is guaranteed to crumble on any carpet, making the in-law's house seem just like mine. If it's too late to find any of these products, I'd settle for enough time to brush my teeth and comb my hair in the morning, or the luxury of eating food warmer than room temperature without it being served in a styrofoam container. If you don't mind, I could also use a few Christmas miracles to brighten the holiday season. Would it be too much to declare ketchup a vegetable? It would clear my conscience. It would be helpful if you could coerce my children to help around the house without demanding payment 
as if they were the bosses of an organized crime family. Or if my toddler didn't look so cute, sneaking downstairs in his pajamas to eat contraband ice cream in the middle of the night. Well, Santa, the buzzer on the dryer is ringing. My son just saw my feet under the laundry room door. I think he wants his red crayon back. Have a safe trip and remember to leave your wet boots by the chimney and come in and dry off by the fire so you don't catch cold. Help yourself to cookies on the table, but don't eat too many or leave crumbs on the carpet. Yours always, Mom. P.S. One more thing. You can cancel all those requests if you can do this one thing for me. Keep my children young. Oh, that would be nice to keep our kids young, forever joyfully anticipating the arrival of Santa Claus, forever believing that the world is a place filled with hope and love and joy and peace, but they must grow up. And when they grow up, they learn about life in the real world. The real world seems to see Christmas as a time to turn a profit for the year. So yes, in some ways, we would like to keep them forever young. There's another temptation, however, and that is to keep the babe in the manger the same. This is the temptation to come to church on Christmas and worship this babe and then return to our real world, return to our regular lives, and forget that the the babe of Bethlehem became a man. He became a man who turned over the money changers' tables in the temple. The man who lived his life for other people. The man who loved the unlovable, the the ones that everyone else shunned and pushed away. The one, the man who cleansed the leper. The man who washed the feet of his disciples. The man who gave his life for us. And on the third day was raised from the dead. There's a temptation to forget that this man Jesus calls us to follow him all year long. To love our enemies. To do good to those who mistreat us. To live every day as God would have us to live. In Luke's vision of the version of the Christmas story, some shepherds were living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And then the scriptures tell us they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. I don't know about you, but I sure would have loved to have been there on that hillside that night 
I'd love to have heard those angels sing. What an amazing sight. What amazing sound it must have been. Almost everywhere you look today, it seems that everybody is plugged into some kind of music. And that's a good thing. Music's a wonderful thing. On the street, we see people walking with their earbuds, and that's good, listening to music. Some people are listening to Christian music. But all the music on all the smartphones in all the world couldn't compare, I'm sure, to the music that those angels must have been providing that holy night as they sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. What a sound it must have been. No wonder the angels said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which the Lord's told us about. And then it says, where the angels, they went where the angels had told them, and when they got there to see the Christ child for themselves, they told others, they spread the word concerning what they'd seen. And they were amazed, as were those who they told the story to. I'll bet that probably the shepherd's friends were skeptical at first. Might have been myself. You might have been back in that, if we were there. I mean, shepherds? Shepherds were these guys with no education, no breeding. Should we take them seriously? Why would we? Who could take them seriously? And angels? Who's ever seen an angel in real life? A baby laying in a trough that the donkeys and the cows eat out of? Mm, Sounds very strange. But the story was all true and part of the most beautiful story ever told. Luke tells us that Mary took these things and treasured them and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What a night that had to have been. I wonder what happened to those shepherds. We don't see any more mention of them in the scriptures. But no doubt, they were changed forever. They would have had to be. In his book, The World of Serendipity, Marcus Bach tells about a 16-year-old boy from Bishop, Texas. This boy's name was Mark Whitaker. He discovered a new comet. He found it with a homemade telescope that was just four inches long and costed him $7.50. One night at 2 o'clock in the morning, Mark spotted something in the sky. The next night, he saw it again. And on the third night, he called the Harvard Observatory, and he said, I think I found a new comet. The observatory took his information and confirmed his report and named the comet after him. Marcus Bach says this, there is a law. It says that if you watch the skies, you may see something. It does not say that you will see something, but that you might. These shepherds weren't even stargazing. Later, when the wise men came, they were astrologers, and they did sky watch. They studied the heavens for signs. So they saw the star that led them to Jesus. But for the shepherds, it was completely out of the blue. They were just doing their thing, watching over their sheep, 
when the angels brought them a message. But that's the way life is. That's the way God works. Sometimes we find God, or should I say, God finds us, because we're searching. But at other times, God takes us totally by surprise. Some of us came this evening, or joined via YouTube this evening, searching for something. Some of us came to sing carols, to be with family in a safe and loving place. Or maybe we came just to keep the warm glow of the Christmas season alive with a beautiful service. I pray that whatever our reason for being here this evening, something might happen tonight that will cause us to hear the voice of an angel. Listen, saying, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then, I hope that we will hear in the quietness of the great company of the heavenly host, and with the angel, praise God, saying glory to God in the highest heaven, and to earth, peace to those on whom God's favor rests. May each of us this evening leave this place a changed person because of this wonderful Christmas story, prepared to always remember the real story of Christmas. Amen.